Welcome to the Ordinary Pastor Podcast. My name is John. I am a pastor at Redemption Hill Church in Round Rock, Texas, and also serve on the Sovereign Grace Leadership Team. And I'm here with my good friend, Jared Mellinger, who is the lead pastor of Covenant Fellowship Church and also serves on the Sovereign Grace Leadership Team. And Jared, once again, thanks for doing this with me. Hey, it's always great to get time together, John. Look forward to these. We do these podcasts, uh, really just because we love Sovereign Grace Pastors, and we're, we're just hoping to encourage you in your ministry, and it's a joy to, to partner with you. Um, and for this episode, we, we were thinking about our recent pastors conference, and one of the things that we got to do together was a pastoral interest meeting um, in, in the first night where we gathered anybody that came to that conference who is interested in pastoral ministry or is actively pursuing ministry. And it was a wonderful time. We had well over a hundred people there, people who are pursuing ministry along with their wives, along with their pastors or pastors who are friends of theirs. And uh, it was just wonderful to see the, the number of people that are, that are pursuing ministry. And um, as part of that time, we had talked about what, what would be a topic that would be valuable uh, to encourage um, these folks in their pursuit of ministry and, and also just a topic that we hold dear about pastoring. And that topic is faith. Uh, so I had shared briefly on the topic of faith in pastoral ministry. So we thought it'd be helpful uh, for me to, to reproduce some of those thoughts here on the podcast. And, and I, I'm really eager to have you weigh in as well, because uh, I think both of us consider this to be such a crucial topic for faithful pastoring, for enduring pastoring. Yes. Um, so what I, what I want to do is just share briefly, sort of reproduce what I uh, shared with some of those men there, and then I'll have you weigh in along the way. Um, I, I, think, I think faith is so crucial to pastoring, and, and we know this spiritually in the Christian life, um, but sometimes we get into the mechanics of pastoring and forget that all that we do in ministry should come from faith, from, from faith towards God, faith for our people, faith for our churches, faith for our own souls. Um, actually, I, I've, I've always been affected by what Charles Bridges says in a book I know you love, um, The Christian Ministry, that all of our failings come from a defect of faith. Mm. And in some ways, he's just paraphrasing what Hebrews eleven six says, which is that without faith, it is impossible to please him for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Um, and, and I think if we apply that to our pastoring, we want to, we want to know, okay, are, are we pastoring with faith? Because if we're not uh, quite literally in Hebrews, it says we're not pleasing him. Our pastoring is not pleasing if, if it's not being done from faith. Um, so I, I want to talk first just about what faith is not, because it's possible, given some of the false teaching we, we think uh, present, in, especially in the West, um, that you, this could be misunderstood, what we're referring to. Faith, faith is not a number of things. Um, and I just want to reference those and then get you to comment, Jared. Faith, first of all, is not optimism. I think that's a frequent personality trait that can masquerade as faith, people that just see the glass half full all the time or three quarters full when it's only half full. Uh, it's just optimism. I'm sure things will turn out all right. Uh, let's just ignore the difficulty. I don't like talking about hard things. Um, if we just believe positively, that belief in and of itself will cause something good to happen. That's not faith. 
Um, I actually love what Paul Miller says in his book, A Praying Life. He, he distinguishes faith and optimism. And he says optimism just makes people vulnerable to finally facing such a trial that they're not able to ignore it. And it reveals, exposes the difference. So it's not optimism. It's also not recklessness. Faith is not doing the hard or most difficult thing for its own sake. Um, I, I think that could be something that masquerades as faith. You know, God would want us to do the hardest thing. Well, sometimes the hardest thing is just dumb. Um, it's just, it's just a, it's a wrong thing. It's not something we should do. So it's, it's not looking for what would be the hardest path. And let's do that. Um, it's also not, faith is not self-centered ambition or materialism. Um, sometimes I, I'm concerned about the, the multitude of uses of Paul's self-reflection. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And it's almost like faith is me believing that God wants me to have or to be anything that I feel like having or being. And uh, we would say, well, no, uh, because Paul's faith was such that he was able to have nothing and still be content. So it, it's not a kind of a selfish ambition to accomplish material things or earthly things. And so we, I think we want to distinguish um, all of those wrong ways of thinking about faith. That's not what we're talking about. Um, faith is, if we could paraphrase, a God-centered trust that is able to examine both our trials and our sins and our weaknesses with a clear and unblinking eye. It's a God-centered trust that is able to examine both our trials and our sins and our weaknesses with a clear and unblinking eye. It sees our need and our limitations, but it is confident in God and his promises that they are much bigger than even the largest problems that we have and that his grace is deeper than our many sins. As he was supposed to faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And that's true in light of the things we can see, which are also often troubling. Um, and I think for all of those reasons, the right kind of faith, that faith that is God-centered, it is trusting God, is looking to God to do what he has promised to do, it is crucial for pastoral ministry. Um, one of my favorite stories of faith is, is from 1 Samuel 14, 6, where Jonathan says to his armor bearer, let us go over to the enemy, for nothing can hinder God from saving by many or by few. So there's there's an ability to want to see God do mighty things without reference to our limitations or our weaknesses or our resources, but to believe God God is able to do mighty things for his glory. Um, so let me, let me just pause there and have you weigh in on any of that or, or put it in your own words or how we talk about the definition of faith. Uh, anything you would add? Yeah, that, that beautiful God-centered definition of, of faith it nails it. Sometimes we can think just of faith as uh, that by which we are saved. You know, we're saved by grace through faith is gloriously true. But faith continues to function in the Christian life where Second Corinthians 5, 7 says, we walk by faith, not by sight. Galatians 2, we live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So faith is preoccupied with Christ, set on Christ. He, uh, it, it embraces the reality that we are loved and known by Christ who gave himself for us, and then allows that reality of the trustworthiness of Christ 
to permeate all of life. A favorite definition that I have, you mentioned Hebrews 11, uh, of all these great saints who lived by faith is what the chapter goes on to be. There's something of a definition in the example of Sarah's faith, where Mm -hmm. it says that she acted in faith since she considered him faithful who had promised. I think that's a delightful definition of faith. Faith is the unwavering conviction that our God is faithful. Can we trust God to do what he has promised? Yes, God is faithful. He has proven that at Calvary. He's proving it uh, in his son. And, um, you know, uh, one other definition, this is something that Ed Welch says in his book on depression. He says, it's a myth that faith is always smiling. And he says, the truth is that faith often feels like the very ordinary process of dragging one foot in front of the other because we are conscious of God. It's again, God-centeredness that isn't always smiling, isn't always chipper, but is aware of God and is moving forward in light of that. Excellent. Yeah. I I think it's, it's probably important to just throw in here the the truth that, you know, faith is something that we are to exercise towards God, but ultimately faith is a gift, like all the things that we have towards God. Um, You know, you you wouldn't want uh, this to be defined as something that, that we sort of create in ourselves. Um, There's that mystery, like, like all aspects of godliness, um, you know, God has to work this in us. He has to increase. So that's why I think that the disciples' request ought to be our ongoing prayer in this. Lord, increase our faith. Amen. Or like the Father, help my unbelief where where I am struggling. And it doesn't mean that we're passive. We're to exercise what he gives us. We're to, so to speak, put it into practice and seek to to grow it by exercise. But ultimately, the, the essence of it is something that he provides uh, for us, so uh, let's let's kind of turn to the application of this specifically in pastoral ministry. Um, I, I think it's important to talk about what what does faith produce in the life of a of a pastor, and first of all, why is that important? But then also, are the I think these can be helpful markers hmm. where if if we are we're not operating by faith, and the alternative to operating by faith is operating in self-sufficiency, which might come out as confidence or it might come out as doubt, depending on what we happen to think we're seeing in ourselves. Um, but, but it's faith produces a particular, um, you know, degree of fruit. And so a few things that faith I think gives in pastoral ministry, I think it, it gives joy. And as you just said, I, we would want to distinguish, joy from a personality of happiness or optimism. We mean the kind of tear-stained joy that can endure trials, that can accurately assess suffering, but that underneath the veil of tears, there is a a deep-seated joy in the Lord, a satisfaction in God, a a confidence that produces a, a gladness of heart as we contemplate our future home with Him, our assurance. And, and that's true in pastoring. Because pastoring is gives frequent temptations to be sad. We, you know, there, there's much sadness that is right in pastoral ministry, and distinguishing between sadness and despair, a sadness um, or grief that is appropriate in response to people's sin and weakness, and our own sin and weakness, 
and, and despair and hopelessness and resignation and even bitterness. I think that's where faith um, reveals a difference. Um, the, the faithful pastor is sad to see the sins in this world and in his own flock and his own heart, the ongoing weaknesses present in the church. But there's an underlying joy in his, in his sadness, in his awareness. There's a joy in his preaching. There's not a discouragement or a, um, a despair, would be a better word. There's, there's not a hopelessness. There's also not a self-righteous haughtiness. There's a joy in the Lord that kind of permeates what he's saying, even if it's hard things. I, I think faith gives joy. I think it also gives patience. It, it's a good bet that if we find ourselves quickly impatient or angry when people let us down, that we've started to place our hope in them rather than in the Lord. Um, I think that's especially true of, of various you know, deacons and other ministry leaders in the church, that when we look at them and think, how could you not do what I was counting on you to do? Or um, I remember having an experience one time um, when I was a kid of, of noticing that the, this particular worship leader, this was years and years and years ago, he was just frustrated. He was impatient with what was happening. It was, it, he was a pastor and he was trying to lead the worship team and it, they were just having a rough morning. Things just weren't going. They weren't going as worship practice often. Uh, seems to have have happened. It wasn't going the way he wanted it to go, and he was just wrestling with impatience. And I th I think there could be a, a, a need of faith there that God is going to meet His people, whether the drummer gets this or not. You know, whether the bass player shows up, and and you can apply that to God's going to meet His people regardless of you know the limitations of His people. Um, so I think it gives a patience. It, it means that any unexpected disappointment doesn't need to rattle our souls. Um, so the other two things I was going to reference is I think faith gives courage. Otherwise, I think we'd be afraid of either losing members or losing people's high opinion of us. Faith allows us to keep our eye on the Lord and not on our numbers or our reputation. Um, it, it keeps us from pandering to people's um, preferences um, it also keeps us from being cynical and sort of dismissive of, of people's opinion, which I, I think sometimes is just a cover-up for fear. Um, and I think it gives us a boldness, because otherwise I think we would measure pastoral opportunities based on self-protection. I think this can especially happen as a church reaches a kind of a comfortable place, whatever that might mean for different churches, but kind of a comfortable place. And then there's an opportunity say, to plant a church or to start a new ministry or to stop a ministry. And I think pastors can can get into a place of just, I just want to maintain, I just want to hold on to what we have. I, I don't want to lose this individual or this group of people or this um, amount of giving. I, I don't want to send it out somewhere. Um, but faith, you know, like the elders of Antioch, is, is looking to see the mission go forward without reference to, you know, what that's going to cost us. So it gives a number of things, but those are some, I think, joy, patience, courage, boldness, are just some of the things that came to mind about what faith gives. So what would you add to that, bro, or add your own definitions there? Yeah, there's a, there's a sense in which, from our own experience, I think every pastor can reflect on their own lives, and, and you know what it's like to labor in faith, and you know what it's like when you're 
laboring in the absence of faith. And it's some of those very marks that you've you've described. What's striking to me is the profound difference that faith makes in the ordinary course of pastoral ministry. Uh, when, when we're counseling someone, when we're preaching a sermon in preparation for the preaching moment, uh, we have every reason to have great faith that God's word is going to go forth in power and to meet with people. Um, unbelief looks at that sermon and lives in the, uh, you know, this sermon stinks mode of just, right. okay, my, my my illustrations aren't what they should be. Um, I didn't have the time to devote to this that I want. Okay, those things may be true, but are you going to maintain an awareness of the power of God's word? Um, or when that email shows up, that's a critique from someone in the church. Faith makes a difference in whether we give into the discouragement and despair that you talked about, or whether we view the situation through the the lens of of faith. And it's for me, one of the striking things about the apostle Paul throughout his ministry is that every situation that he encountered, he seems to have such great faith on display. And one of my favorite instances of that is in Philippians one, where he is in prison and he's saying that he will rejoice and that he's confident that this will turn out for his deliverance. Yes. He's saying, because I've got people praying for me. I've got the help of the Holy Spirit. So this is going to turn out for my, and then what does he mean by that? Well, he says, here's this, there's the options moving forward. Either uh, I will continue in the flesh, which is fruitful ministry for me, or I'm going right. to die and that will be gain. Right. So this is going to turn out. So it's deliverance or deliverance. It's a win. That's the right. perspective of faith when we are in prison. And it doesn't come naturally to us, but it's worth fighting for as, as a leader. Uh, I like what, there's something that, that uh, Lloyd-Jones says in Spiritual Depression. He says, faith is the refusal to panic. And I think yes. there's something appropriate about that. The, the, the people that we serve need uh, in our leadership, a sense of stability, a yes. sense of God. We are, we are resting in God, we are not going to give in to, to panic. There's another great, you mentioned great stories of faith for me. And Isaiah chapter seven is one of those instances where Isaiah brings counsel to King Ahaz. And it said that the hearts of all of the people were shaking like trees in a forest uh, shake before the wind. But part yes. of that whole counsel there is, and this is good for every leader to hear, every pastor to hear, be careful, be quiet. Do not fear and do not let your heart be faint. Uh, that's this is what faith centered on Christ does. It 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 allows us to be firm uh, in our faith. It it calms our souls. It drives out the presence of fear. It will help our hearts to not faint. Excellent, excellent. One category I, I know we both share is the importance of of pastors, especially who pastor with other pastors, which, which most pastors at some point do, even if it's just one other, one other man, um, and, and possibly more than that is to have a burden about how, how is the faith of my fellow minister? I think, I think uniquely, I think lead pastors need to carry this responsibility where we can get into ministry and think, how is the productivity of our team? Are we getting ministry done? And not be analyzing, are we doing ministry with faith? Um, you know, one of the conversations we've had locally over the years is, 
look, we, we don't, we want to work hard, but we want to work peacefully. Um, we're not looking, the only measurement is not how much can we get done? How many meetings can we have? How many sermons, classes, ministries, outreach? Um, because at a certain point, more ministry might actually be less uh, pleasing to the Lord because we're adding ministry, but we're, we're decreasing the sense of faith in the ministry that we're doing um, because we're, we're either we're just we're so overwhelmed or, or we're putting trust that more automatically means more effective. And, and that's just not true. It, it's just frankly not true. God is able to do more uh, with peaceful faith than he is with frantic uh, you know, pastors chasing around trying to start new things. Okay, we just have to do more. Somehow that's going to, you know, increase the church. Well, well, no, God God uses peaceful, diligent ministry that's fueled by faith. Um, t- talk to me, bro. Just just for you, um, as you think about. Um, exercises that it's good for you personally to do or that in trying to encourage a God-centered trust, if that's how we're defining, you know, faith in the lives of your fellow pastors, other pastors in the partnership. I think that that concern should extend even beyond our own church. How's the faith of my brother across town? How's he doing in his faith Um, should be a concern. What, What are some things that you have tried to do to help others grow in that? It builds our faith greatly to to remind one another of the goodness and character of God. It builds our faith to to pause and to remember how God has worked in our lives in the past and how God is at work. This is this relates to the point that you made about you know moving at a at a certain pace. Because part of what's required is we need to pause and consider. Faith sees where God is at work. Faith sees. God's grace in the lives of others. And so often it can be the case both for myself or when I'm interacting with another pastor, we grow unaware of where God is at work mm-hmm. and we and we grow unaware of, of his promises. And it can be so easy to only be aware of the discouragements and the setbacks in ministry. You know, we, we can focus on, uh, Charles Bridges says, unbelief regards the difficulty faith regards the promise you yes. know and so it's okay where is our where is our focus and unbelief looks at unbelief says i am afflicted i'm i'm crushed i'm struck down it leaves out the other parts of of those statements that paul makes in second corinthians 4 afflicted but look you're not crushed you're not driven to despair you're not forsaken that's what mm-hmm. that's and and we need each other as uh, as brothers, as fellow pastors, to remind ourselves of of those things. Here's where God is at is at work. When I um, when I carry out a particular assignment and I am tempted to give in to discouragement and feel like oh that didn't go the way that I I need a, a brother to remind me. Here's how God used that. Um, so w- one very practical thing that we look to do, we did this just this morning as a pastoral team. We took time in our team meeting this morning to talk about uh, and to share several stories of where God was at work this last Sunday service. And in particular, stories in people's lives. One of a man uh, who recently came to Christ and, and who was inviting his father to church. And he reported on Sunday that his father is now a Christian. Sharing these kinds of stories have the effect of building our faith. If we just are saying, okay, now next Sunday, what do we, well, no, let's pause 
let's note where God is at work and let's celebrate his faithfulness as a way of increasing and strengthening our faith. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, I, I tend to think that the temptation for pastors is to assume that, I, I think the same thing actually about any kind of focus on team health or soul health on a pastoral team. There's almost a subtle, low-grade sense of guilt that, look, we're, we're being paid to help other people. And this is a waste. We should like somehow already know this, you know, without uh, giving attention to it. And I, I just would want to strongly encourage fellow pastors that you, we, we will harm the church if we don't give attention to the level of faith in our own souls and on the pastoral team. And I could say the same thing about peace and a number, a number of other godly traits, but just to address faith, it, it is not only is it not a waste of time to do what you just referenced, to pause or to study something together or that to do those kinds of things that in and of themselves, they're not getting ministry done. <laughs> so they can feel like a waste of time. They can feel yes. like, well, this is what we're supposed to, we're supposed to pastor other people. Listen, pastoring the souls of a pastor, whether it's yourself or somebody else, that is protecting the church. A pastor without faith is inevitably going to be impatient He's going to be self-righteous. He's going to be fearful when he should be courageous. He's going to be frantic when he should be content. He, he's going to be things that will harm the church. Mm-hmm. And a pastor that has faith is going to be peaceful in the midst of chaos. He's going to be courageous even when there's opinions coming at him that are, that are difficult. He's going to be able to make hard decisions even, even that are unpopular in ways that will eventually give fruit to the church. He'll preach with joy that will be attractive mm-hmm. rather than being up there as a you know, haranguing, correcting Pharisee, um, disappointed in people. And um, I, I think it, it does serve the church to give attention to this in a particular way. Um, let's just take one more minute, bro. I, I just I, I, a category of a very small but practical way to give attention to this. And, and that is the idea of the mental discipline of faith. Because I think we can tend to, to limit this to kind of big moments. I, I need to have... I need to have faith for the big moments rather than the ongoing discipline of a faith-filled mind. Um, and that's where I think most of the time where the battle is. Um, so a, a few thoughts I had on just the ongoing growing of our faith. It, it, yeah. it has to do with asking the question, is my mind more filled with ministry activities or with the greatness of God? I think the discipline for a pastor is to make sure that ministry activities are not eclipsing God himself and his greatness and glory in, in the actual panorama of our mind, how much space is devoted to God and how much is devoted to ministry that, that, that's not necessarily focused on God. Um, I think that's a category. I think where we notice a kind of busyness of mind that's always thinking about the next to-do list and is increasingly viewing ourselves as, as a ministry machine rather than a person engaging with God, we have to shift that focus. We have to intentionally say, that's enough time thinking about that decision. I'm now going to think about the greatness and glory of God. And then I think the other, the other opportunity is where we feel weak, even in the smallest moments, seizing a mental discipline of, of exercising faith in that moment. So not assuming it's only for the big moments. So where I feel, as you said, this message is terrible right at that moment saying, Lord, you're able to use the weakest efforts to save someone. 
where we feel like, well, I, I really shouldn't say yes to this meeting during my family time, but I'm just going to anyway, because if I don't, I'll feel weak about that person's opinion. No, no, I need to trust you and do what is right in this moment and schedule that the next time I can. Those are the little moments of exercising faith when I feel weak, saying, well, no, I, I can trust God rather than try to avoid this feeling of weakness. So any additional thoughts on that? Just very, very hands-on practical stuff. I, I think that is wonderful. And hearing you articulate that, I mean, it's, it's one of the things about a conversation like this is that it has the, the effect of increasing my faith and listening to you share these things, John, just makes me grateful for our friendship and for, you know, not only in this conversation, but just in life, you're a brother who, um, who is fixed on the truth and who is a man of faith and uh, has the effect of, of increasing my faith. And so, yes, and amen, lean into the increase of faith and the pursuit of faith. And remember that, and we remember that God is eager to, to increase our faith, right? We pray because he, his posture toward us right now. And if there's anyone listening who is in uh, a place of, of panic or fear or discouragement uh, or despair, we should remember, hey, let's pray to the Lord because God is so eager to strengthen our faith uh, in yes. him. That's his heart toward his people. Amen. Amen. That's a great way to close. The, the point ultimately is that God is worthy of our faith. He is gracious yes. and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. He who begins good works brings them to completion. He is faithful to bring to glory those he has called. So we, we, have, we have endless reasons to keep our eyes fixed on him um, the night of all that he is. So, well, to our pastor, friends, and Sovereign Grace, and anyone else listening, uh, may the Lord strengthen and increase your faith. We love you, Jared and I both, and are grateful for you and honored to be partnered with you. God be with you, and we'll see you next time.